Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Woman Well Rounded Radio. As I am posting today for this podcast and I'm outside doing this, um, it is a beautiful day. And yes, I've been away for a while because I've had so many projects that I've been doing. But I'm back with lots of topics. So let's get started. My first topic today. I wanted it to be about the LGBTQ community and the cultural phenomenon of it. And I'm coming from a place of understanding and also experience personally, not just something that I've read an article about um, or saw a situation uh, in front of me. No, I absolutely have experienced different things. So what I'm about to talk about is... The LGBTQ experience is different for a white LGBTQ member uh, versus a black member. So I want to start off by saying I am not a part of that community. I am a heterosexual female, um, but I do have... uh, knowledge of things and I've had personal experience so what I'm about to talk about is not based on just reading anything or whatever it really is based on my own experience and my opinion you know at the end of the day this is just an opinion and that's what it's all about so I was talking to my good friend the other day and we were actually talking about this, how black people have a different experience as being gay as opposed to a white person who's gay. And some of the points that I wanna discuss are, you could still be gay and be a complete conservative Republican, white male or female, and vice versa for a black person to be a gay conservative male or female it doesn't necessarily mean just because of your sexual preference who you decide to lay down with that dictates the rest of your life and I think that's what we get lost with you know we assume that well our person's gay that person you know they're or they or they're transgender so they you know they should all automatically be for just everything in general and that's not necessarily true because i've have lgbtq um family members who who do not exhibit those same you know views and and what they feel should be right they actually have something that's quite different something that's you know not the first topic of discussion but actually being a conservative member of the LGBTQ community. And I want to make that normal because a lot of people do not normalize that just because of your sexual preference. And I want to make that clear, your sexual preference, because at the end of the day, when you say that you're a member of this or there's two mommies, there's two daddies, there's a mom who used to be a dad or a dad who used to be a mom, Uh, You don't consider your sex at all, your non-binary or whatever it is. You know, 
that still at the end of the day is talking about who you prefer to be with sexually. I mean, because it really does. So when you say that you're a gay man or a gay woman or a lesbian, whatever, um, you know, you're going by as far as what you identify as, you're still at the end of the day saying that I prefer laying down with this person. I prefer this. You're preferring who you are, you know, you are coming out and saying who you prefer to be with on a sexual level. And yes, I say that this is a sexualized phenomenon because I don't necessarily agree with children being under the age of 18 saying that they want a change, uh, a boy who wants to be a girl or a girl who wants to be a boy. I don't agree with that. And that's my opinion. And that's okay. I don't need to be criticized or ridiculed because that's my opinion because I'm not I am not stomping on anyone else's opinion your opinion is your opinion and mine is mine but here's what I have to say about why I feel it's not appropriate one a child who's under the age of 18 should not and and does not have the maturity to make that kind of decision on whether they want to change the sex of their body saying a girl who was born with a vagina is going to change and, you know, have a change and have a penis implant or whatever they do. Or a male who wants to be uh, a woman and wants to create a vagina from his penis. I don't believe that a person, and I'm going to still say child, because when you're under the 18, under the age of 18, you are still considered a minor. I don't believe that you are mature to make those kind of decisions. And I think parents are wrong by allowing their children to make the change. I think that's something that the child has to... Uh, uh, actually, that is a decision for an adult. So once that person is over the age of 18 and they make the conscience decision that they want to change their sexual, uh, what they were born with, uh, on their birth certificate, then I think that's a decision for them. But I don't believe that a child under the age of 18 should have um, the okay from parents to change their sexual, you know, gender. I don't believe that that is right. I think they should, because of maturity and also the, re the feeling of regret and mistakes, all of those things can be done with changing your gender and I don't I don't think that is helping a child who wants to be LGBTQ um, I think that's actually harming them because perhaps maybe they get older and then they will have regrets about changing their gender so I feel that it's not okay I don't think they're mature I just think that parents need to allow them to be who they are but also you know let's use your let's use our heads too we're still talking about children children are not mature enough to make a decision whether they really want to you know a child at five is not going to tell me that they want to be a boy if they're a girl or vice versa don't don't tell me that they're only doing that and and here's the thing children are influenced by what they see so if a child sees you know two mommies or two daddies or 
they have a heterosexual family who wants to um, help them express themselves and they decide that, well, I want to be a boy or I want to dress like a boy. It's okay to do the dressing. It's okay. But I don't believe changing your actual gender is helpful for a child. They are not mentally, they are not able to make those decisions. There's a reason why, you know, there's an age of maturity. And even at 18, you're not mature enough. Let's call it for what it is. <laughs> okay. At 18 years old, you are not mature enough to make any of those kinds of decisions for your gender. You really aren't. It really takes research. It takes knowledge and even talking to someone who has changed their gender in order for an adult to make that, that decision. I don't believe that parents should be allowing their children to say, well, I want to be five. Um, I'm five years old or I'm six and seven or 10 and, and I want to change my gender. Absolutely ridiculous to even feed into that as a parent and allow your child and go through and waste, you know, <laughs> your insurance um, because the insurance does cover the change now for, for that. And I, I think it's, it's a ridiculous thing to focus on for a child. Let children be kids. Let them decide as they get older and are mature enough mentally and their brains have stopped growing. Okay, because a child's brain is still growing. Let's stop this nonsense. It's just complete madness about wanting to change the gender of a child under the age of 18. I think it's absolutely ludicrous. Okay, I don't agree with it. And that's my opinion. The second thing I want to talk about is there is a difference between black being a black gay person and a white gay person. I have had lots of experience with uh, my own personal um, experience with the members of the gay community who have racially profiled me and I have been in confrontation with um, gay females and males who have been very nasty to me. So here's the thing. White males, white females who are saying they're gay or lesbian, they're part of this and that, does not, and I repeat, it does not pave the way for people to automatically assume that these people cannot be racist, these people cannot be biased, these people cannot be judgmental, these people cannot, you know, um, do things on purpose. They could not use their white card to their advantage because they absolutely do. So when you see a person in the, you know, out in the world and you see that they are gay and they're, or or actually, let me, I, I take that back. A person who is white, you're not necessarily putting two and two together that they're gay unless you see them with the same sex partner holding hands perhaps or kissing in public and then you can make your own assumption with that but when you're just seeing a white person walking down the street working at a job you don't automatically assume okay they're gay unless there are some things that unless they come out and really tell you that they are so that's their advantage of being white and being able to still have that privilege of being white and having the customer service representative uh, or the, the store clerk ask them if they need assistance before the black gay person. You know, so that's the difference. So being black and gay 
is different. You still have, you still fall under those same stereotypes, those same injustices that black people experience on a day-to-day basis. You being black and gay does not take away anything that you go through as a black person and anything that you experience. So, but there is a difference between being white and gay and black and gay. Those are not the same things. Black and gay, you still are subjected to all of the things that black people are subjected to on a day-to-day basis. White people who are gay, well, they don't have to go through those things. They're still privileged. They're still, um, the power of saying, okay, here I am, a white male or a white female, and nobody knows that that person is gay, but just because that person is gay does not mean that they cannot be judgmental, racist, biased, all of the above. Because I've seen it firsthand, I have experienced it from white gays, how nasty and racial they can be. So don't tell me or try to convince me that it does not exist because it absolutely does exist. I have other friends who have experienced that as well, even family members who have experienced it, who are also um, a part of that LGBTQ community, who've experienced it from white gays. So there is a difference. They can use that. Nobody sees that. They don't get the same treatment as blacks. Um, And just be like I said, um, and I think some people use the fact that I'm white and gay as a clutch, um, a way of uh, clearing out the, the clearing the path for themselves to say, hey, listen, guys, I'm gay and I'm white. So I'm for all of you. I'm a liberal. I'm for all of you. I'm, you know, here for everything. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the truth because it's not always the truth. That's not always what it seems. So that was my, that's my point. I, I feel that being white and gay is a different privilege than being black and gay. You're still subjected to the same um, issues that a regular black person would be. And, you know, they that's something that you cannot connect with. You cannot tell me if you're a person who's never experienced racial injustice um, and just rudeness just on a day-to-day basis you can't say that you understand just because you're you sexually want to lay down with a black person or you sexually want to lay down with a white person you can't say that you understand those that person's struggle just because you sexually are attracted to something of the same sex that has nothing to do with the price of tea in china it really does (laughs) have nothing to do with any of that And that was my whole take on there's a difference between being white and gay and black and gay, brown, black, brown and gay, as opposed to being white and gay. They're not walking around with a shirt that says I'm white and gay. They're not walking around with that. And a black person is not saying I'm black and gay. But the problem is people are looking for the black person before they look for the white person. You see what I'm saying, guys? They're looking for that black person to make a mistake, to do something so they can judge them because that's what they're used to seeing on TV. That's what they're used to hearing around friends and family. It's a culture thing that, you know, black people are mean, big, bad, criminals, angry, always ready to argue and, you know, turn shit up. And that's not true at all. They take black people 
and people who were in charge of TV and producers and directors, and they put those people out there to fill that stereotype. That doesn't represent an entire race of people. And that's the problem with Hollywood too. So not to get off subject, but that is a part of the problem. Putting black people on Front Street who, you know, as far as, well, I'm going to say that this black person is a criminal. I'm going to have them, um, I'm going to write a script that has a black guy who goes and robs a bank and then he changes his life and then his sister goes and robs a bank and then she changes her life. You know, that's where we're getting this from. And people think that, well, that's how everybody is because that's what I saw a black person in the movies. Or my mom said that, you know, she was robbed by a black man. So everybody black is bad. And that's not true. And that's where it comes from. It comes from, it's a systemic thing. It's something that is inbred in them generation after generation. It doesn't get better. The only way there's going to be a change is if you get used to having that uncomfortable conversation. And I notice a lot of people and a lot of white gays are uncomfortable with that conversation. They are very, you know, open to gay issues, but they're not open to black issues. So that's another thing as well. There are a lot of things that were passed uh, in Congress, and there's a lot of um, acceptance, understanding and compassion for the gay community. But there is nothing for the black community as far as compassion, understanding. There's a lot of judgment. Um, There's a lot of fault that's always found. I was just reading an article the other day about Serena Williams and that Margaret woman who was um, who held the Grand Slam title or whatever. And she was making a reference about Serena not admiring her. And the comments went crazy on that article. And people were just like slamming Serena because she, you know, she didn't give homage to Margaret or this person or that, or she didn't say anything about her opponent. I believe that, no, I'm sorry. It was about her opponent. She didn't mention her in her speech and blah, blah, blah. They found fault. But I feel like if she was a white woman, there wouldn't have been fault found. And I feel there's fault found with black people in anything and everything that they do. So some of the greatest black athletes of all time there's been fault found with them. Some of the, you know, you can't be black, successful, powerful without fault. And that's the problem. They, they find uh, an excuse to say, well, that person was aggressive. So the other person decided to hit them with a crowbar because they were, you know, they raised their voice. That's what I mean. So the white person finds fault with the black person who was hit with a crowbar by a white person, even though that person is responsible. The white person aggressively attacked, physically attacked a black person. Somehow I notice there's still fault found with the black person as if to say they deserved what they got or they, they asked for type thing. And that's what I've seen all my life. That's what a lot of black people have seen. So, you know, you can't tell me that you um, understand and you, uh, you can relate because you can't, you can't absolutely relate at all. If you are, um, a Caucasian or, you know, 
uh, anything like that, you can't say that you relate to a black person. You can't. It's hard. You know, that would be, you, you would just be saying it just to try to get brownie points. You wouldn't even, you just would sound absolutely ridiculous, um, uninformed, all the above by saying that you can understand the struggles of a black person. You can't. Only another black person can understand the struggles of another black or brown person. And and I, I do add brown people. You know, I'm talking about people who are, you know, of other races. I'm, that's for a whole nother day. When I say brown people, that might be the Spanish um, speaking people, um, the Spanish language, anybody with Spanish descent, um, anybody with any sort of black descent, uh, anything that leads back to Africa, that's a whole nother day. I will do another podcast. That's actually another episode coming up about the difference between black and brown and the struggles and what the those differences are. But getting back to the issue of black and gay and white and gay, that's my opinion. That's what I think, guys. You know, I don't know you know, not everybody's going to agree with me, but I think I have some valid points here. There's a difference between black, gay, and white gay. White gay has a little bit more privilege, obviously. And I'm not, you know, why am I even saying that? They have more privilege, not a little bit more. They have more privilege. They don't have a shirt or a red, you know, sign in the middle of their forehead saying I'm gay and white it doesn't necessarily mean that because a white person who's gay can still use that to their advantage and still side with another white person who's not and or you know gang up on the black person and you know mistreat them which I've seen I have had that happen to me personally so I know where I'm coming from so this is why I say there's a difference between that there is. And I'm sure any person who is black and gay or white and gay can agree with what I'm saying to a certain extent. Absolutely. I have family members who can agree with that, who, who are a part of that LGBTQ um, conversation. So I probably should have had them on this podcast, but maybe I'll do that for a second, um, a, a part two. So you guys let me know if you want me to do a part two of this because... Um, this is something that I think is is needed to talk, you know, just because someone is black and gay doesn't mean that they have the same struggle as a white and gay individual does. And the laws that are being passed, there's a lot of progress that's been made in the last few years for the LGBTQ community, but there is lacking of those same equal rights and policies and laws that are beneficial to the black race, to black people. And, and, you know, black people, and I'm just going to say it, have paved the way for everyone to be accepted. And unfortunately, you know, this is the country we live in, that it's easier to accept um, everything else before we accept a black person and give them the equal rights that they deserve, the equal treatment, the non-biased judgmental opinion. And that's the problem. That's 
my focus until I see the treatment of all people, and and I'm including specifically black people, treated with the respect and and you know behavior, uh, the, the the treatment that they deserve. I'm gonna always be opinionated with this because I feel that there is a difference. I feel that it was easier for Congress and laws to be passed for being gay before black. Just my opinion. I feel that, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's absolutely true. And black people have paved the way for everyone else coming here, including people from other countries coming to be accepted, to have protection, to help. Black people and the black struggle has been going on for, you know, 300 plus years now. And it's time to see a change. We are in the year 2022. And we're still fighting for equality. Let me know what you guys think. You are listening to Woman Row Radio.